God, why did you make me like this? Thank you for joining me on episode 62 of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And have you ever asked God why he created you the way you are? Well, on today's special Sermon Notes episode, we explore that very question, God, why did you make me like this? Good morning. Hi, I'm Rachel, one of the speaking team members here at Bayview. If you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 9, we are continuing our series of the book, the letter to the Romans, about ready to wrap it up here in the next few weeks. And it is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Romans, who was pretty divided because you had a group of people that were Jews, the Jews that had come to Christ, and they were kind of struggling a little bit because They have this biblical background, and they were kind of legalistic, so focused on the law of Moses that they really couldn't fathom a faith-based salvation. But then you also had in the mix Gentiles, those that do not have Jewish descent, and they have no biblical background whatsoever. And now Paul is trying to unite the two groups together, giving them the background and the foundation of the gospel. And when you read chapter 9, you see that Paul starts out the chapter in anguish. Because of those Jewish people who have not accepted Christ yet, he said he was in so much anguish that he would rather give up his own salvation than to see them live without Jesus. That's a whole lot of love, right? That you would be willing to give up your own salvation for a group of people to have them uh, know Jesus. And then he starts address, addressing the Jewish portion of the church. Because the Jews, they thought they were something special. They thought they were kind of all that in a bag of chips. They were God's chosen people because they were descendants of Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation. And Paul has to address this. He says, listen, just because you are a blood descendant of Abraham does not necessarily make you a child of Abraham, does not necessarily make you a child of God. It is through faith in Jesus Christ that makes you a child of God, whether you are a Jew or you are a Gentile. And then he begins to explain that the creator, God himself, has rights over his creation for his special purposes. And that's where we pick up in verse 15. You can go ahead and follow along with me if you have your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, please make sure you let me know. After service, we want to make sure that you get one of those. Verse 15. For he says to Moses... I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? 
For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy? who he prepared in advance for glory, even us whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. Now there's a lot to unpack in these 10, 12 verses here. But really I want to focus on verse 20 and 21. Paul is kind of giving a hypothetical question that maybe somebody in the Roman church may ask. He says, but who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who is formed, why did you make me like this? Have you ever asked God that question? God, why did you make me like this? And then Paul answers that question with a question by saying, does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Why did you make me this way? I think that's a legit question. And I know that I am not the only one in this room that has asked God that fists in the air, frustrated because maybe life is not turning out the way you wanted it to, or maybe there's something about yourself that you incredibly dislike. And it could be something about yourself that maybe you see as significant, but maybe other people on the outside wouldn't. Maybe you feel as if you're too short or you're too tall, or maybe that your life, the things that God has called you to do, you're looking at the person down the street wishing you can have their life, when in turn they're probably wishing they can have your life. Or maybe it's a little bit more in-depth. Maybe it's dyslexia or autism or born paralyzed from the waist down. God, why did you make me like this? And right away, Paul answers that the potter can do with his creation pretty much what he wants to do. It is for his special purposes. And I think here in this chapter, there are four key points to understanding how God uses his creation. First of all, Jews and Gentiles can be God's children, and all of them are called. It doesn't matter if you are a Jew or you are a Gentile. The Jews back then, like I said, they thought they were pretty hot stuff, but nope. It's the Jews and the Gentiles that are called for his special purposes. Number two, your past does not determine your current usefulness. And really, whether it's your past sins or whether your past goodness, none of that determines your, your current usefulness. Number three, your desires, your efforts do not determine God's compassion for you. You don't earn God's compassion. Because God will deal out his compassion, how he sees fit. And then number four, God calls those according to his purpose. Not your purpose, 
not what the world says your purpose should be, but God is going to call you for his special purpose. So then the question remains, what is God's special purpose? If God the potter is forming you in this lump of clay for a special purpose, what is that? Well, it's two, two purposes. We are here on this earth to know God and to make him known. That is our special purpose, and it will look different for every individual. And I'd like to show you an example. Lori's going to play for you a video of Nick Wojcik. And you may recognize that name, and you will certainly recognize him when you see him, because he is the man that travels all over the world without arms or legs, sharing the love of Jesus. If we could go ahead and see that video. We can all go home. Just do the altar call right now. Worship team, you can come on forward. Uh, that was pretty powerful one minute. And I love that he uses the scripture that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I have to wonder how many times did Nick ask God, Why did you create me like this? Why? I wonder how many times his parents asked God, why did you create him like this? And the answer is for God's special purposes. Whether we like it or not, whether you like how God created you or not, it is for God's special purpose to stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic. However God made you, however he created you, doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your past or your efforts. You are to know him, to make him known, to stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic. And it's important for us to know that because we live in a world that is consistently telling you to compare yourself to somebody else, whether it is the supermodel on TV or whether it is the house on HGTV, whatever it is, the world says what is up is down, what is down is up, it is your truth, it is my truth. No, it is only God's truth. It is only how you were created that you are to then know him, make him known, and redirect traffic. I used to hate when people would say to me, just be yourself. You ever heard that line, whether maybe you're going out on a first date or maybe it's a job interview, just be yourself. Well, what if myself isn't good? What if myself is, is bad? What do you mean, be myself? I 
don't know about you, but for me personally, my whole life I've been told, well, you talk too much, you're too animated, you're too loud, you're too this, you're too that, or you are just a mom, or you're just this or that. And anytime we put the word too or just in front of a verb, it devalues it. So I see myself, and I'm sure you have too, as devalued. So when someone says, be yourself, well, myself isn't very good. So it's important to know, well, then how did the potter create me for his special purpose, for his plan to know him and to make him known? And if you're taking notes, I want you to write these questions down because these are very four practical questions on how you know the potter's purpose for you. And the first one is this. What are you good at? What naturally comes to you? And I'm not saying that you don't develop the giftings that are inside of you, but what what giftings are natural to you? Because whatever's natural to you is what God has placed inside of you. They're called gifts for a reason. They're gifts from God. What comes easy to you? What are your strengths? What are you complimented on the most? And here's my favorite. What are you even criticized for? I used to tell parents this all the time. What annoys you most about your child will be their greatest asset as an adult. Some of you empty nesters can probably attest to that. I knew a young man named Andrew, and I knew him since the, since the day he was born. And let me tell you, this kid could talk. Non-stop talking about anything, anyone who could listen. And it's kind of annoying. And I would see something as, you know, I'd want to criticize that for. I never told him he talked too much, but that's what's in your head. Well, I was helping a church put together a vacation Bible school. And we decided to canvas one of the disadvantaged neighborhoods and say, hey, we have all these people, they have background checks, we will pick your kids up in our van, take them to vacation Bible school. And Andrew the kid who talked way too much, came with us. And on that canvassing, that kid was a rock star. Why? Because he knew how to talk. And he had no problem standing in front of people he didn't know and explaining what we were doing and inviting their children to come experience Jesus at VBS. And he was the one person who got the most sign-ups that day. So think about what you are criticized for, and that could very well be a gifting that just needs to be redirected. Number two, when asking God, why did you make me like this? Think about what you're passionate about. And I'm not talking hobbies or skill sets, but I'm talking about What gets you excited, puts you in high emotion? When someone asks you about it, you could talk about it for hours. Maybe when you're doing it, time just flies. You forget what time it is, how much time has has gone by. What are you willing to commit to even when it's hard? Maybe you're passionate about your family or health or exercise, art. 
And over the years, your passions will change. What I was passionate about in my 20s will definitely be different than what I'm passionate about in my 40s. But what you are passionate about is a clue to your purpose on how you as an individual will know God and make him known and redirect traffic. Number three, what gate are you supposed to be at? Nick Wojcik in the video, he says, how is it that a man with no arms and no legs can stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic? Where's your gate? This is, this is talking about your mission. There are many gates to hell. There's only one way to heaven. There are many ways to get to hell. And which gate are you supposed to stand at to help redirect traffic? I think about all those shoeboxes that are in the other side of the church. We celebrated Jenny McCarthy's life a few weeks ago. All those boxes she packed, that was her gate. She said, I'm not letting another child go without hearing the name of Jesus. That was her gate. For you, and, and, and here's, here's how you find this out. Find out your mission by asking yourself, what makes me angry? What problems in this world do I want to solve? That will give you a clue as to what gate you are supposed to be at. Maybe the problem you want to solve is human trafficking, and you are an excellent entrepreneur. And you can use that gift of entrepreneurship to raise money to send to missionaries overseas that are rescuing those in human trafficking. Maybe what problem you want to solve is making sure when vets get out of the military, they get the benefits they need. And through that, you are able to share the gospel. So what gate are you supposed to be at? Number four, take what the world sees as a disadvantage and use it for God's advantage. All of us in here, in this room, have a disadvantage. Maybe something that the person next to you doesn't even know about. And if you look at Nick on that screen with no arms and no legs, I would say that that's kind of a disadvantage in life, not having any arms or legs. But you know what Nick does have? He has his voice. And when he stands up on that stage, and if there is a person right next to him who has legs, who has arms, who the world deems as normal, who do you think the audience wants to hear from? The person with no arms and no legs. The person that has some scars to show. The person that has some victories to share. Because in a dark world, where there are people out there right now looking for hope, looking for encouragement, the days of them looking for perfect people to help them with that are over. They're looking for those that are broken, that have messy lives, and that have some scars to show. And I wonder how many times, once again, I know I said this before, but how many times did Nick say, God, why did you make me like this? How many times did his parents ask that? I would say, in this world, we would see autism as a disadvantage. We would see being born deaf as a disadvantage. 
But next time you ask yourself, God, why did you make me like this with autism, being deaf, being disabled? The next question should then be, okay, Lord, how do I take this disadvantage and use it for your advantage to glorify you, to stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic? Why did God create you the way that you are? To know him and make him known. And years ago, there was a little boy in my kid's church. His name was Jaden. Jaden has cerebral palsy as well as a heart condition. And we were in the middle of a building project. And when you, as a church, are in the middle of a building project, you are to cast the vision to the whole church, not just to adults, but also to the children. So we're in kids' church, and, I, and I'm standing there in my spot, and I have all the kids on the floor, crisscross applesauce, and I said, okay, listen, we're going to talk about the new church building. And I want you to close your eyes with me, and I want you to envision this new church. So they're all, they all have their eyes closed, and I've got Jaden right in front of me, crisscross applesauce, and he's intense, and he's waiting. And I said, okay, I want you to go through the double doors. And I'm explaining where everything is in their new church room. I said, now look to the left. There's a stage. What do you see? And all the kids are yelling, I see lights, and I see guitar, and I see drums. And then I had them go to different other parts of the room. And I said, now I want you to go to the right. I want you to go out that door. And outside the door is a playground. What do you see on that playground? And all the kids are yelling different things. I see monkey bars. I see a slide. I see, I see swings. And then Jaden, my little Sunday school boy with cerebral palsy, blurts out, I see Jesus! And I said, wow, Jaden, you know what's neat about that? It's the whole purpose of us putting in that playground is so all the kids in the neighborhood who don't have one could freely come to ours and experience the love of Jesus through a playground. And right then, God downloaded John chapter 9 to me. And all the children left. Little Jaden went to his mom. And I quickly grabbed my Bible. And you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. Quickly turn to John chapter 9. And it is now, I don't really have a life verse, but I would say now this has become kind of my life's biblical story. And it starts out with this. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen through him. And then Jesus heals him of his blindness. Why did God make this man the way he was? And I wonder how many times this blind man asked God, why did you make me like this? This happens so the power of God can be seen through him. 
And I thought about my little Sunday school boy, Jaden, with cerebral palsy. A young boy who the world would see is very disadvantaged. But he loved Jesus, and he was very evangelistic. And what the Lord was showing me that day was that the power of God was meant to be seen through him and his disabilities. And I guarantee that that boy is going to reach more people for Jesus because of his disabilities than if he were someone without them. I don't know what your disadvantage is. I don't know what your scars are. I don't know what you're good at, what you're passionate about. I don't know what gate to hell you are supposed to stand at. But I do know this. The reason why God created you the way that you are is to know him, to make him known, stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic. That is your calling. Whether you like how he created you or not, it is for his special purpose. And when we come to Christ, what we say to God is, my life is yours. However you see fit, use me for your special purpose. God, choose me. I'll go. Send me. If we could all stand. I want to take some time to worship, but I do want to address a couple things. One, if you are disappointed in the way that you were created, if you are disappointed at your disadvantages and how life has turned out, it's okay to grieve that. It's okay to grieve the loss of what you thought would be, but you can't stay there. Because God wants to use people that claim victory. And I also want to address this. Many of you have said to God, why have you created me like this? And again, it's a legit question. But I do want to address some of the parents in the room. Because there are some of you in here that have asked, God, why did you create my child like this? It could be dyslexia, it could be autism, it could be ADHD, it could be a disability, whatever. And to be honest with you, I don't know how God works that out. I don't know if someone like Nick or someone like Jaden was in the womb and God made them that way on purpose or if something went wrong in the womb and said, God said, because it's a fallen world, I'm going to allow it to happen. I don't know, but I can tell you this. They were created for God's special purpose. And if you're wondering, as a parent, God, why did you create my child like this? It is for the potter's special purpose. And I want to take this time, as Pastor Jimmy sings, to really surrender that to the Lord. Where you're struggling with how he made you, where you're struggling maybe with how he made your child. Let's worship in the act of surrendering that to him.
I won't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found me, you freed me, held back the waters from my release. Oh, Yahweh, I won't forget. I won't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You freed me, you freed me, held back the waters from my release. Oh, Yahweh, you're the God. And you're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're the God, you're the God who fights for me. Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just sing that one more time. You're the God. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, Hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This week as you go out, Remember four things. What am I good at? What am I passionate about? What gate am I supposed to stand at? And what disadvantage in my life can I use for God's advantage? And that's how you know to know him and make him known. That's how you'll know why God created you the way that you are. Father, we thank you that you did knit us in our mother's wombs and that you don't make mistakes. And God, that you have a plan and a purpose for all of us. And I pray, Father, if we're struggling with that today, on where that is, that you would show us. It's not as difficult as we make it out to be, but sometimes, sometimes the answer is right in front of us, and I pray that we would see it. God, we love you. Open up those doors for us to know you and to make you know. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you once again for joining me on today's special episode of Unique on a Purpose. And if you are ever asking yourself, God, why did you create me like this? Know that you were created unique on purpose and you were created for his special purpose to know him and to make him known. So make sure you ask yourself the questions. What am I good at? What am I passionate about? And what gate do I stand at? 
to redirect traffic. Marry the three together. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you next week.